privilege to invite Pastor Donna up. Uh, not only is she the State Director of Alpha Crucis College, she's the Principal of Global Heart Bible College as well over at Global Heart. Um, but also she's a great friend and mentor to me as well, an amazing support and I'm super looking forward to your word this morning and so put your hands together for Pastor Donna Kipps. Thank you so much Mel and Jacob for having me here today. Um, it's an absolute privilege of mine to be here and I just want to say church, you have amazing pastors, you really do. And um, I'm so incredibly proud of you guys, and I just want to say, um, I, just as, we were, as I was down the front, you started talking about Tuesday night, I just felt this sense that you're about to go to a new level, and that the church as a whole is about to go to a new space. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, um, that there are great days ahead for you. And uh, I also want to stake some claim in this too, <laughs> because I did get the privilege um, of mentoring um, Mel for a little while and Jacob a bit as well when they were at Global Heart Church. So I feel like that I'm part of the family and I feel like that um, the fruit that's going to come out of here is partly mine as well. So I'm going I'm to claim it. So I think there are great days ahead for you guys and I've just got that sense that God is going to do something significant amongst you as a group of people so get expectant, let's believe God, let's, um, you know, as we were seeing this morning, let's go out upon the waters, let's trust God, that's where we meet with God, when we go out into places that are not comfortable or not familiar, but that's when God can do great miracles, and I'm believing there's going to be great miracles um, in this church. So, it's, yeah, amen, amen. So, um, I just wanted to, first of all, before I get started, I want to honour my senior pastors as well who's released me to come and um, preach here this morning. So I'm part of Global Heart Church and my senior pastors are Pastor Jer and Sue Kean, and we've been with them for over 20 years now and um, they are an absolute blessing to us as a family and we're part of a great church and and really the... the um, the ability for me to stand here is due to him and to Pastor Sue. So I just want to honour them. They're amazing, our amazing pastors. And I thought I'd introduce myself a little bit to you guys because most of you won't know me. But um, 34 years ago, I made two very important decisions. I'm going to talk about choices today, but I made two very important decisions. One of them was to marry my amazing husband. <laughs> that was one. And my second one was to give my life to Christ. And those two decisions changed my life forever. And um, at the time, I didn't realise how much those two choices were going to change my life. But um, it put me on a path that um, I could never have dreamed of. And uh, I'm, I never regret the day that I chose to follow Jesus um, because he's led me into paths and places that I couldn't imagine being in. So as I said, we've um, been part of Global Heart Church for 20 years and Pastor Jared asked me at one particular point to come on staff and to lead the Bible College and, um, you know, I thought, I thought, oh, poor Pastor Jared, he actually really needs John because he's got the training degree. I'm just homeschooling my kids, finding my own business. That's kind of my story. And, um, and he said, no, I, wa I want you. And um, so I, was, I had learnt just say yes. There's a big tip. If somebody comes to you and says, will you do something, don't reason with it because I had all the excuses as to why I didn't qualify 
But yet I went, okay, God, yes, I'll say yes to that. And so this started out a journey for me of um, just faithfully trusting God as um, I ran the Bible college and now I'm on the executive team there as well and it's an absolute privilege of mine to lead the college. And over the years we've seen hundreds and hundreds of students come through and uh, their lives have been radically changed as well by the grace of God. And so we, you know, we've got pastors that have been trained. Most of our team at Global Heart has been through college. Um, we've got people in business. We've got people starting not-for-profits. We've got people in schools. Um, you know, one of our chaplains, one of our school teachers last year saw 130 kids give their lives to Christ at a school. I know, amazing, isn't it? It's amazing what God has done through a simple yes of mine and others' yeses as well. And so, so I just want to encourage you, say yes to God because um, you never know where that's going to take you and you never know the fruit that's going to come out of it. And it's never actually about you. It's always about others and about what God wants to do in their life. And um, so, and then after that, uh, I was, uh, Pastor Steve Fogarty came and said to me, would you come and run the college um, in Perth, Alpha Crucis in Perth? So once again, yes. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but yes, I'll give it a go. So five years later, and once again, We've seen hundreds more people come through there and, and progressively we're seeing more and more people being trained. And my heart is that we will see multitudes of people planting churches all around the world because the gospel needs to go out, right? The gospel needs to go out. So let me just pray before we get started. Jesus, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. And God, I just pray that you would anoint the word. God, I pray, let it not be my words, but yours. And God, I pray, let it touch people's lives. God, I pray that it will change people. And God, that they would be transformed by the renewing of their minds. So Lord, we just thank you for that in your incredible name, Jesus. Amen. 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 So, you know what? Our life is made up of choices. Did you know that? Do you know that you make 35,000 or so Google says? 35,000 choices a day. That's 245,000 choices a week and 12,740,000 decisions per year. That's just exhausting, isn't it? It's exhausting just thinking about that. You already would have made a bunch of choices just to get here this morning. It starts with just simple choices, like when you wake, when your eyes open, do I get up or do I roll over and go back to sleep? Girls, we have to make a lot of choices, don't we, when we get up in the morning. What am I going to wear? Do these shoes go with that outfit? Does, I know you guys do too, but I feel like we have so many more choices. <laughs> you know, should we get the kids up? Should we not? What are they going to have for breakfast? You get the point. We make lots and lots of decisions, lots of choices. You know, and some of them are little choices and, and don't have much significance. But other choices have big consequences. So the Bible has some things to say about decisions we make. So let's have a look at that. In Deuteronomy 30, uh, 19, it says this. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and I've set before you death, blessing and cursing. Therefore... Choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. I always think that's a funny scripture, don't you? And God says, I set before you life and death, 
But then he goes on to say, choose life. Like, that's hilarious. Why would he say that? Why would he say, but choose life? You know, this is my paraphrase. (laughs) I set before you life and death. Don't be a dummy, Donna. Choose life. (laughs) That's my paraphrase for me, Kate. Choose life. So, we have choices we have to make, and those choices that we make matter. You know, God ordained right from the beginning that he would give us free choice. So free choice is sacred to God. He's not going to revoke that. So he says, you've got the choice. So love, you know, the reason why I did that is because he knows that we can only love him when we have the choice not to love him. So love can only be given freely. You know, scripture portrays humans as having minds and wills of their own. We are in real, though a limited sense, uh, creators of our own behaviour and determiners determiners of our own destinies, whether this behaviour and destiny is in line with God's will or not. You know, God has given us the ability to choose our destinies. We are not victims of our circumstances, but the designer and creator of our own destinies. Did you know that? That you are the designer and the creator of your own destiny. What you decide matters. And where you end up will be a choice of all your little choices. Crazy, isn't it? A bit scary, actually, when you think about it. So we can see through the Bible. I, I, actually, if you can pass me my Bible, John. It's under, I love the Word of God. Thank you. We can see all through this where God has given people choices. Do you know that the Bible is full of stories? Now, not all of them tell us, you know, what I love about the Bible is that it tells us what happened, not what should have happened, but what happened. And um, God, in his goodness, has, pr- has chosen to leave that as an example for us so we know what, we can, what to choose. So he gives us those examples. And I just want to share a story today, well, two stories actually, but one is a story where someone didn't choose rightly and where somebody else did choose rightly. So let's pick up the story from Genesis 13, 6 to 13. If you've got your Bibles, you should open them. Don't trust what I'm saying. (laughs) Genesis 13, 6 to 13, it says this. Now the land was not able to support them. It's talking about... Abraham here and um, Lot. The land was not able to support them that they might dwell together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. So Abraham said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we're family. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go towards Zor, Zor, that's right, then 
Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan and Lot journeyed east and they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. So the choice was beginning of Lot's, this choice was the beginning of Lot's gradual but steady spiritual decline. First, he looked towards Sodom. That's in 13.10. Then he moved his tents near Sodom in 13.12. Next, we find him living in Sodom in 14.12, chapter 14, verse 12. And finally, he's sitting at the gates of Sodom in chapter 19, verse 1. He was a city official. If you sat at the gates, he was one of the key leaders in the city. You know, these choices, he made choices at the time. And let me kind of put it into our terminology. He made choices towards the best land, what was going to make him the most money. That was his choice. Well, if I go over here, I'm going to make lots of money. And so before we know it, he's right in the centre of everything that God hates. And it was those little choices, one choice to go towards Sodom, then to park his tent to live near there, then to be at the city gates. Can you see how it wasn't one bad decision to go into Sodom? It was lots of little choices moving towards. So what are the little choices that you're making to move towards where God doesn't want you to be? You know, I've, I've been pastoring for a long time now and I've watched people over the years make little choices. And they sound, you know, when they come to you as a pastor and they say, oh, I've decided I'm going to do this. Sounds good. But you know, like you know as a pastor, that that choice is taking them one step closer to Sodom. And then they're going to take, you know they'll take another step. And often what I notice is that it's not necessarily the person who makes those choices that ends up in massive strife, although Lot did. But what about his wife? And what about his children? Because it goes on to say that his daughters then encouraged him to commit incest when he was drunk. So his daughters turned away from God as well. His, his wife turned away. Lot's choices to half-heartedly follow God led him to losing everything. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah? yeah. I know. If, look, it's, it's a bit scary, isn't it, at times? Because you think, Lord, help me not to make those choices. Because, you know, funnily enough, when we, I don't know if you're like me, but when I read the Bible... I go, I would never do that. <laughs> do you ever read the Bible and think that? I would never do I wouldn't be like those Israelites always turning away from God <laughs> until I find myself going, God, are you even here? Do you even hear me? And I think, I'm just like them. I'm just like them. So what makes me think that I'm, I'm not going to be tempted to move just like Lot did? Now, it's okay, don't panic. I'm going to give you some tips to how not to do that. But we've got to have a sense of who we are because otherwise we think, I'm all good. I don't need anybody's help. I know how to make great choices. And uh, we can see that it, that didn't always happen in the Word of God. 
But I also want to share another story about Joseph, who made great choices, but at cost to him. So we see that in Genesis 36, verse 6 to 9. I'm going to read it. So Potiphar gave Joseph the complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. Wow. He hadn't a worry in the world with Joseph. There except to decide whatever he wanted to eat. There's a whole other message in that little bit of scripture, a leadership message, but we'll, we'll park that one. Um, Joseph, by the way, was a very handsome young man. And one day at about this time, Potiphar's wife began making eyes at Joseph and suggested that he come and sleep with her. Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in the entire household. He himself has no more authority here than I have. He has held back nothing from me except you yourself because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing as this? It would be a great sin against my God. There's a key right there in that last sentence. He didn't do it because he was worried about Potiphar. He was worried because it was a great sin against his God. And so he chose not to sleep with Potiphar's wife because it was a great sin against God. And so he ran from that. But if, if you know the story, you'll know that that cost him dearly. And then he spent the next 14 years in a prison. And not like a prison that we have here with a television and, you know, nice stuff. It was a dungeon. And so, but because he made that choice, then great things came from it. He led his people eventually into freedom and, so, and brought the people back to the nation of Israel. So Jesus also made a significant choice to choose the cross. Did you know that Jesus didn't want to choose the cross? Because it says in Luke twenty-two forty-two, Father, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. Take it away from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done Jesus had a choice he could have opted out but he chose not to he chose to do the will of the father what are your choices what are your choices will you choose to do the will of the father or will you make your own choices now when we choose to honor God um, it has consequences um, not just for us but for the lives of others you know, when I made that choice 34 years ago to follow Jesus, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, but I felt like I'd, I'd made a big stuff up of my life. I'd made so many mistakes that there was no way God could use me, that I had disqualified myself. And so when I got saved, I was just grateful that God ex had accepted me. It took me a while to realise that he'd forgiven me or he forgave me right from the start, but I had to forgive myself. And to accept that forgiveness, if that makes sense. But I had thought I'd disqualified myself. So my prayer was this, Lord Jesus, if my kids would just follow God, um, then I would be so grateful. If they don't experience the same things or they don't trash their life the way I've trashed mine, then that would be amazing. Now, I ha didn't tell you, but I have three children, growing up children now, so... Um, Laura, who's married to um, 
to Daniel and he, they have given us two incredible grandbabies. So I have got um, a four-year-old grandson and an 18-month-old grandson. And then Matt, who's married to Jordan, and I've, we've got one still at home, so I'm looking for a wife if anyone's got <laughs> As soon as we can get him married, that would be great, and out the door. Um, so, to the right wife. <laughs> so, that was my prayer. Now, all three of my kids and their partners and the grandkids are all in church, loving God. And, you know, even as they were teenagers, I kept waiting for them to rebel like I had done, you know. I kept waiting, and, and they really didn't. It still shocks me today, to be honest, that they didn't rebel. And they wanted to hang out with me. And they still want to hang out with us. I mean, I find that crazy because I wanted to get as far away from my parents as possible and, you know, and I lied to them from the minute I can remember. <laughs> I, I, it's all right, Jesus has forgiven me. <laughs> so when, these, when we raised these children that loved God and honoured their parents, it was a shock to me. But yet we just applied the word of God. So if you apply the word of God, your kids too will follow Jesus. And, um, and you can claim that. And so, you know, that was a shock to me. But as we chose, constantly chose life, as we kept choosing to obey the word of God, it's amazing how God just honoured that and how he honoured that simple prayer of a 21-year-old or a 20-year-old saying, Lord, Please, just my children. The fact that he would use me astounds me all the time, Mel. The fact that he chooses to use someone so um, inadequate, that's what I would say, and flawed, blows me away. So, but that's how God works, isn't it? He just takes the foolish things. This is my scripture. God takes the foolish to confound the wise. And he's definitely done that with me. He's taken the foolish to confound the wise. So your choices matter. And it matters not just for you, but for the generations to come. So what you choose today will affect many. So it takes faith to make great choices. Do you know there's been many times I've made difficult choices, painful choices. You know, when um, I've wanted to run away, when I've wanted to disobey, when I've wanted to... You know, I've wanted to leave church so many times, Mel, I'm just saying, because people there have offended me. Can you believe that? I don't think I offended anyone. <laughs> In fact, I'm sure I have offended many. But, you know, I've wanted to run away so many times, but I would go to God and say, God, just give me the release, let me leave, because <laughs> I'm justified. And God would say, stay put and serve. And I'm like... I'm like, okay, Lord, help me then, help me. But in that, God was doing stuff in me and producing a miracle that I couldn't see. And so, you know, I was talking to a girlfriend of mine the other day and we were saying, you know, like we were just being honest and sharing some of the difficult challenges we'd been through through church life. You know, Miss, just being honest now. And um, she said, you know what, I didn't realise. She said, I didn't realise as we were making choices to lay down our own agendas, to serve without any agenda, that our children were watching and that one of them said to us, we watched you, mum and dad, when you made those choices. And sometimes you don't realise you've got people watching you. So as you make good choices, people are watching you make good choices. But it's not always easy, just going to be honest. It's not always easy. I don't think it was easy for Joseph to um, 
run away from Potiphar's wife knowing that he'd end up in jail. I don't think that was an easy decision, but yet he made that decision and God honoured it. Know that any time you make a choice that's God-honouring, God will honour you. You need to know that. God will honour you in that choice. You know, Jesus came to give us life and life to the full. So how do we make good choices? That's what you all want to know, don't you? <laughs> how do you make good choices? Well, I've got six points. You might want to write them down. Make your decisions, number one, make your decisions align with what you believe. You know, and I had to make what I believe align with what was in here. And so I cannot recommend enough that you get into the word of God every day because how are you going to know what God wants if you don't know what God wants? <laughs> and you have to know God to know what God wants. So I want to encourage you, get into the word every day. Then you'll know. And you'll know the right choice to make. It'll be the godly choice. So in Romans 12, verse 2, this is my probably my, one of my life scriptures. And I'm going to read it out of the message because it, it's just so profound. It says, here's what I want you to do, Grace Church people. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and you're walking around life. Just your average life. We're all average, aren't we? Well, I, I am anyway. <laughs> I'm average. I'm just an average girl. But I want to place my life before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognise what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. What a great piece of scripture. Take your everyday ordinary life everyday life and place it before God say God when you wake up in the morning say God I give you my day use me today it's a dangerous prayer I just want to warn you because he will the days I pray that I have to be prepared to be interrupted because he will bring someone across my path he'll want me to have a conversation with someone or do something for somebody but you know what it's the only way to live it's the only way to live, being on assignment for God. It's your choice. Number two, get wisdom from others. Do you know what? I, in our society, we're very individualistic. Um, it, in the Western world particularly. Is I make my own choices. It's my life and I'll do what I want to do with my life, right? Heard that? Feel that? <laughs> it's our culture, but it's not kingdom culture. Jesus was into community and he's into us being in relationship with each other. And you know what? We should make decisions that way too. We shouldn't make our decisions individually. If you're going to make a big decision, get some wisdom. Get counsel. Don't make, we've never made a decision without speaking to Pastor Jared and Sue first. Now, we don't do that because we need their permission. We don't need their permission but because we're wise, we don't want to stuff up. Because we could make a decision 
thinking it's the right decision and be moving towards Sodom. Because we don't have the ability to see what somebody else can see. So I just want to encourage you, get wisdom from your pastors. Get wisdom from people who have good fruit in their lives. You know what, I know you've been doing a whole series on giving. Talk to people that are prosperous and find out how they became prosperous. Talk to people about that. If you want to be wealthy, and God wants you to be wealthy, he does. So talk to people, learn how to manage your money. And then as you do that, and I could speak a whole bunch of stuff on what God's shown us on that, but you know, we've become prosperous because of the principles of the Word of God and because we've asked people, how do you do it? We didn't know how to do it. So ask people that have got fruit in their life, not just anyone. Because it's very easy. Look, you know what? It's very easy to find people that will agree with you. Isn't it? But I'm looking for people that are going to tell me the truth. Because my life is too important and your life is too important to be speaking to people that are just going to agree with you as you choose death. And there has been times when I've gone to Pastor Jared and I've said, okay, Pastor Jared, this is what I'm thinking. And he's looked at me and goes, no, that's not happening. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? This is a really great idea that I've got. He's like, no. But you know what I've learnt? I've learnt that he hears from God, I can hear from God, and that his, he has the pastoral responsibility of our lives and that he will hear from God for us as well. And you know what, at times I've gone, oh, I don't like that. But yet as I've submitted myself to that, because I think, okay, God, well, if you've spoken to me about it, you can speak to him about it too, right? If you believe God created the, the heavens and the earth, surely he can speak to my pastor. <laughs> Wouldn't be that hard, would it? And you know what? There was a time for me where I felt like God was asking me to do something. And I went to Pastor Jared and he just looked at me and went, that's never happening. And I was like, gutted, because I, I thought this is going to be great for me. But I went, you know what? I've learnt the principles in the Word of God. I'm not going to move until he's okay with me moving. And so I thought, God, if you've spoken to me, you'll have to speak to him. <laughs> and sure enough, within about 12 months, <laughs> it took a while of waiting, and I went back to him, I said, you know, Pastor, I really believe this is God. He goes, yeah, so do I. And you know what? There was a blessing on that. But if I had run off on my own, I know there would have been no blessing. And it, you know what? In hindsight now, I realise it was about me. Wasn't about, wasn't that Pastor Jared didn't hear the first time. It was just some things that need to die in me before I could go to the next level. And so I recognise now in hindsight that that obedience did something in me that I needed for the next part of my journey. And if I hadn't have learnt that, I would not be able to move into the next part of my journey. I need to move along. Okay, that's number three. Go slow with your decisions. Weigh pros and cons. Proverbs 19 verse 12. I've got scriptures for all these, sorry, which I haven't given you, but this one, Proverbs 19 verse 2. Also, it's not good for a person to be without knowledge and he who hurries with his feet, acting impulsively and proceeding without caution or analysing the consequences, sins or misses the mark. So don't rush, go slow. Big decisions, you should go slow. 
you know, and I'm talking about, you know, changing jobs, changing churches, changing, um, just go slow, get wisdom, pray, ask God, talk, you know, talk to people around you. Um, number four, be honest with yourself. If you want something too badly and you can't let go of it, it's probably not God or not good for you. So I had to learn that when I was hanging on to something so tightly and I was like, oh, I'm doing it, I don't care what anybody else says, that's when, if you feel that, it's probably not a good decision. <laughs> you had, if you can lay it down, it probably is for you. If you can't lay it down, it's probably not for you. Some of this is a bit heavy. I hope it's okay. Number five, God never rushes. Always seek peace. You know, if something has to be done now, it's probably not God. The enemy wants to rush you. God doesn't do that. So seek peace and a quiet in your soul. Then you'll know it's the right decision. If you feel agitated, it's probably not God. Don't make big decisions in times of stress. Always go slow. The best time to leave a job is when you're flying in it. The best time to leave a church is when you don't want to go. They're, they're keys. So I've always known, you know, I've always said to John, we'll never make a decision in a time of stress. We'll wait until the stress goes. We'll go on holiday. We'll get some sleep. <laughs> we'll calm down. Then we'll make a decision. So people, I've watched people over the years make hasty decisions that they can't come back from and it has destroyed their destiny. You know, sometimes I've watched people and gone, gosh, what God had for you and you made a dumb decision there that has totally wrecked, wrecked what God had. Now, don't get me wrong, God's a gracious God. There is a first chance, second chance, third chance. There's always more in God. But... Um, but sometimes he has to take us around the mountain again. just takes longer. So, yeah, I don't want to take the long way around. <laughs> so number six, listen to the Holy Spirit. He will lead you. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12 to 1, it says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the guidance of God. You know, the destination of your life matters, and you can determine that destination. It's up to you, the choices you make. You know, none of us need to be victims of our circumstances. You may have been like me. You might be sitting here thinking, God can't use me now. I've just made too many mistakes. Can I just say that's not true? God turns all things together for good for those that love the Lord. There is always time to make better choices. But decide today. Today is the day that I am going to make a choice to step towards God. I'm going to keep stepping towards life. I'm going to keep choosing life i'm not choosing death anymore do you know that there's a point in the colorado divide so in america high in the rocky mountains in colorado in which the waters of a small stream separate it would seem not to matter whether a drop of water goes to the left or to the right but the outcome of those drops of water is totally different 
One drop goes to the west and eventually flows into the Colorado River and empties into the Gulf of California and the Pacific Ocean. The other drop goes east and it flows into the Mississippi River and dumps into the Gulf of Mexico and the Atlantic Ocean. Two drops of water, two entirely different destinations, but one small turning point. You can turn your life around. Where you spend eternity is your choice. It's really important the choices you make. You know, the choices that we make every day are life and death. You know, you can choose to get angry, you choose death. Or you can choose to use a soft word and you choose life. You can choose to not forgive. I can't believe they did that to me and I will never forgive them. Oh, good on you, choosing death. Or you can say, Lord, it really hurts and it's hard for me to forgive, but Lord, help me today to forgive them, choosing life. God, I can't wait to get with my friend and just talk about this person because I just love a good gossip. I can choose death or I can say, you know what? I choose to speak well always of everyone choosing life. You know what? I can choose to be ungrateful and I can't believe that, you know, this happened to me and that happened to me and this is so hard for me. I don't know if you ever think that, but, you know, that's choosing death. Or I can say, you know what? Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for giving me breath today. Thank you, God, that I have an opportunity today to choose. Thank you, God, that I get to love you today. Thank you, God, that I get to love other people around me today. God, why don't you bring someone across my path that I can love today? Choose life. See, little choices go in very different directions. Little choices. So what choice are you going to make? You know, worship team, you can come. That'd be great. You know what? We've got a choice today. You know, will you choose to serve God or you choose to do things your own way? Like I said, 34 years ago, I made a choice to give my life to Jesus and it was the best choice I've ever made. And, um, you know, perhaps you might just want to close your eyes for your own privacy, but if there's anybody here today and you have not made that choice yet, but some of the things I've said have kind of, your heart's starting to race a bit or you're starting to think, yeah, I just need to get my life right. I've made some dumb choices and I need to make, start making good choices. You know, and if you've never given your life to Jesus, can I just say it's the best decision you'll ever make? It's the best choice. And actually, it's the start of the rest of your life when you do that. So if there's anyone here this morning, if you just want to raise your hands, I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to just include you in a prayer that I'm going to pray in a minute. And if that's you, you know, yep, that's me, Donna. I just, something you've said has resonated in me. I want to give my life to Christ. Can you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for? If that's you. And can you just pray after me? Just pray this. Lord, I just thank you for today. I'm sorry that I've sinned. I'm sorry that I've lived life my own way. I ask you to forgive me and help me to live the life that you've planned for me and help me to follow you all the days of my life. Amen. 
If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, then perhaps if you can talk to me afterwards or talk to Pastor Mel and we'll help you with the next steps. And you know, if you didn't raise your hand, but I know you've got family and I know you've got friends that you're believing God for. Why don't you just pray this week? Say, Lord, give me the boldness to invite my friends to church. This is a great church. You can trust um, Pastor Mel to, to bring your friends here. And um, they'll find Jesus too, just like you did. You know, I know for me, it's like this has been the greatest gift. Why would I want to keep it to myself? We need to be um, inviting our friends and family. Or why don't you lead them to the Lord yourself? But I also want to pray a second prayer. If you just say, you know, there's something you said today, I need to make better choices. Or I've made choices on my own and I probably shouldn't do that anymore. Um, if something I've said today has resonated, I just, once again, close your eyes and I just want you to raise your hands and I'm just going to pray for you as well. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I just thank you, Lord, for all these people, for their soft hearts towards you. God, I just pray, Lord, that they would make great, strong choices towards you, towards your word, towards um, living the way you would have us all live, God. And God, I pray that you would help them God, I pray that where they've made bad choices, that they would learn to forgive themselves, that they would learn to say, okay, what's done is done, but you can turn all things together for good, God. And from this day forward, I'm going to make great choices. So God, I pray that you help all of us to keep stepping out, keep trusting you, keep making choices towards you, God, so that we don't make choices that are going to lead us away from God. And so Lord, I pray that we would have humility, that we would ask for wisdom that God we won't be individual you know and do things the way the culture of our day does it but God we would belong to community that we would submit ourselves to that community God and Lord out of that we know that great fruit comes God and great joy comes and God we know then that we can make wise decisions that are going to have fruit into the generations God and God I just pray for the generations of this church, Lord, for the children, the children's children, that they would serve you, that they would love you, God, and they would follow you all the days of their lives. So, Jesus, we just thank you for that. In your mighty name, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Thanks so much.